This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. Happy May the 2nd be with you on the Monty Show. Hey, have you looked at our affiliate links yet? You haven't? Why haven't you looked at our affiliate links? The best t-shirt, the best Dots pretzel snack flavor ever. We have a ton of stuff in our affiliate links right now. They are below in the description on the YouTube channel and on our podcast, wherever you may be. You can always find The Monty Show. Just find us on Google by searching The Monty Show. Appreciate you being here. Hey, make sure you hit subscribe because, uh, you know that we are giving away a PlayStation 5 when we get to uh, 5,000, and we are just seven away from 4,000, 49.93. So we are rocketing up the subscriber ladder. Uh, But we got a lot to get to today. We got to update you on the Trevor Bauer situation. There's no winner in this Trevor Bauer suspension. I'm telling you right now. We've talked a lot about that situation. The suspension that MLB handed down is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Uh, We'll talk about that. I want to ask you this as well. Should your wife or husband have access to your cell phone? Mm. A woman filed for divorce based on what she found on her husband's cell phone. Telling you, man, you go looking for a problem... You're going to have a problem. You're probably going to find one. You're probably going to find one. It's a, trust me, it's not, it'll be interesting to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, went to Little Moab this weekend. We'll update you on that. Make sure you check out our Jeep Wrangler JL uh, vlog that is on the channel right now on YouTube. Um, had a lot of fun. Rock crawling. The Jeep's yep. going to completely change this week. Huge week for the Jeep build. Uh, that you can follow. We have a playlist just for the Jeep Wrangler uh, build that we're doing. Check it out. Brand new video is there. But without further ado, let's talk about the Utah Jazz because there is a lot going on in jazz land. Um, And obviously with the season coming to an end, a disappointing season, a disappointing ending, there's a lot of silliness. There's a lot of ridiculousness floating around the rumor sphere, if you will. Uh, about what changes are going to be made. And before we get into what, we, what we've what we heard this week about Quinn Snyder's situation, we got a lot of information on Rudy Gobert's exit interview for you. I want to play this bite by Justin Zanuck, the general manager of the Utah Jazz, because I think it's incredibly interesting to listen to Justin Zanuck talking about this team and really saying nothing at all get into the, a lot of that stuff in the offseason I think you know Quinn said it before in previous years too where I think there's this, an assumption that because we've had some of the same core players that the team is always the same or the seasons are always the same so you know you did this in this year so why couldn't you do it this year later I, look every team is different and every season is different there's different trials and things that you go through and you know we'll try to figure out where we can use the great resources of our ownership group and the support of of our fans and organization to 
address that. Every team is going to have flaws, and frankly, at varying times during this season, there's going to be 29 other team, 28 other teams that are going to be not happy with with the result. So, this is our time now, and this is our chance to continue to prepare as every offseason is to continue to do that. See, the thing I don't understand about that bite is you didn't really say anything there. And when you talk about continuity and the same players and we've had the same players and, you know, it's different teams and different reasons, but all those reasons are the same and all the issues are the same. Because you're a one-trick pony on this team. Because largely over the last six years, you have not changed the core grouping of this team. Really, over the last four years, you haven't changed the grouping of this team. And if you look at the last three years, you just... I mean, this team is almost exactly the same. You are, you know, Bogey. You are Don. You are Rudy. Obviously, the Mike Conley trade was a, a big change. Um, the decision to resign Mike Conley was a big change, but the players over the last three, four seasons really haven't changed that much. And the issues with this team really haven't changed that much. You continually get beat by teams that are more athletic. And it's interesting. I want to also play this bite from Justin Zanuck talking about Quinn Snyder because it's interesting to hear almost the excuse of, you know, hey, we've played three seasons in two years. And I think it's very interesting listening to Justin Zanuck talk and say nothing really at all. So look, I think I can't, I think we've always been transparent about this and I, I don't ha know how I can make it any more clear. Uh, Quinn Snyder is one of the best coaches in the NBA. There is no other partner that I would rather have as a coach, a leader of our players and a, a partner in the front office than Quinn Snyder. Jazz general manager Justin Zanuck talking about Quinn Snyder. I, I mean he he. I mean I guess that's as supportive as as he's going to be. That's pretty supportive, right? But that you, nobody follows up with, hey, what do you want Quinn Snyder to do better? Hey, what do you need from your head coach to do better? I don't know. I I felt like this this co press conference was a waste of time. I don't know that we got a whole lot out of it because. A, I don't know what you would expect Justin Zanuck to say. Mm -hmm. Oh, Quinn Snyder, I, you know, he's got to play young guys or he's not going to be here as our head coach. He's not going to say that. He's not going to say anything like that. I think when you look at Quinn's influence on this organization, the moment Dennis Lindsay left, it only got stronger, right? I think we've talked about for the last year, we've told you there would be, there would be no change with Quinn Snyder. And I think the decision around Quinn Snyder, as I was told again on Friday, um, Quinn Snyder's going to decide whether he's here or not. The Utah Jazz are not going to fire Quinn Snyder. The Utah Jazz are not looking to make a change with Quinn Snyder. They're focused solely on their roster. That's where the Jazz are. But when you hear when you hear Justin Zanuck talking, what what are your feelings about what he said? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's coach speak. I think it's it's classic, you know, front office PR guy talk. And 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 I understand that. That you know, any front office guy doing a doing a press conference is going to come with talking points and is going to be real general about things. They they like to avoid answering things, you know, specifically. So to a degree, I understand that. But you know, I I think also when someone asks you like, hey, like what 
like the continuity thing, like, you know, they kind of softballed him a question after that where it was like, hey, well, you know, you have continuity. How do you balance keeping continuity but also getting better? Whereas the question should have been like, hey, yeah, you've had continuity. Continuity is one of the most important things in the league to winning a championship. You say you have it, but you haven't won anything. That's what the question should have been. So when I hear Justin Zanuck talk, what I hear is a guy who doesn't get asked blunt questions. What I hear is somebody who who has it pretty easy as far as his relationship with the media. And I think that that's just kind of the, the situation that we have in Salt Lake. I do wish that, you know, he was a bit more blunt about it. I, like, I wish he would say something like, yeah, you know, like we have this continuity, but clearly we're missing something. You know, clearly there's a there's a piece that, that we just haven't figured out yet. And that's going to be goal number one this offseason. You know, like, I, I just wish the tone was more, like, matter of fact. Like, hey, X, Y, and Z question. Well, yeah, we're going to figure that out in the offseason. But right now, 12 hours post-losing to Dallas? Yeah, I think the issue is we have continuity. But that continuity wasn't enough to carry us to where we want to go, which was to be, you know, as the Jazz organization has said, to be the last team standing. That's kind of been their talking point. So, yeah, when I hear him talk, I feel like he just kind of softballs and talks around the point. Whereas I wish, and I feel like we do hear it from from other people, like Doc Rivers is a decent example. Doc Rivers often will will just say it how it is. He gets criticized for that, but I appreciate that about Doc. I don't agree with everything he says, but I do appreciate no. it. You know, I do appreciate the, the bluntness with which he talks. So, yeah, when I hear Zanuck talk, I just am like, man, like, just just say it straightforward just spit it out like just speak it dude now i i i've been covering the nba for a lot of years and i've heard a lot of press conference i've sat in a lot of postseason exit interviews and a lot of times you just don't say anything because this is a very emotional time for for basketball teams. I mean, you just ended your season, um, frankly, in a way that is not um, what I would call pleasing for you, mm -hmm. right? I mean, there's a there's a lot of disappointment around the way this season ended for the Utah Jazz. But, but I also think that this is why the Jazz operate with autonomy in this town, because there's nobody questioning them. There's nobody asking follow-up questions. Like, you can go through that, that press conference, and there is not a pointed follow-up question. Like, hey, you know, I understand that, you know, there's no other coach you'd rather work with, but you've, you have had six years of playoff disappointment consecutively with the same head coach. What does Quinn Snyder need to do better to help this team win? Look, we'll get into the, a lot of that stuff in the off season. Right. Like they ask the question at least, right? Hey, you say that, you know, you, you're, you're happy with your continuity and you're glad that the players have been together and there's value in that. What is the value of that continuity when you've lost in the playoffs six years in a row and you are now incredibly disappointed and got knocked out in the first round by the Dallas Mavericks? How valuable is that continuity to the Utah Jazz? Because that continuity is not one you a damn thing. Yeah. And my, my feeling is, is that when you look at the way that this organization is structured with Danny Ainge sitting at the top of the ladder now, just under Ryan Smith, I think Justin Zanuck is is the mouthpiece. I think I know for a fact Danny Ainge doesn't like talking to the media. Yeah. I know for a fact that Danny Ainge would rather be invisible. I know Danny Ainge doesn't enjoy the 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 public forum in, in almost any situation. So I think Justin Zanuck's a guy that's gonna fill that role for them. Um 
we'll see what happens. We'll see, you know, are they going to make trades to bring in draft stock? Are they going to, are they going to, you know, accommodate Rudy Gobert? Because I can tell you this sources told me on Friday and Saturday um, that Rudy Gobert is genuinely unhappy with his role on this team. And Rudy Gobert feels like he is a scapegoat for the defensive struggles of this team. And Rudy Gobert believes that he should have a larger role in the offense. And from what sources have told me, and I have verified it twice over, Rudy Gobert told the Utah Jazz that while he's not wanting to be traded, he would welcome a trade if it puts him in a better situation. He is not going to stand in the way of the Utah Jazz moving him. Um, and there is some question. The one thing that I have not been able to discern directly is, did Rudy Gobert say, hey, I'll welcome a trade to a contender? which I asked specifically and did not get a detailed response on. But there's no doubt that Rudy Gobert voiced his displeasure with the way this team is set up. And the other thing that came out of that conversation was that there is no, no doubt that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell had significant issues coexisting in this locker room, as we reported from December on. And I think that's the number one thing that you have to get right. Because Donovan Mitchell has told the Utah Jazz that he is going to be here for some time. Donovan Mitchell has told the Jazz, and the Jazz have told Donovan Mitchell, again, as we first reported back in January, I believe it was in our video on January 18th, um, and you can go back and watch that, that the Utah Jazz are committed to Donovan Mitchell. They met with him multiple times. They have told Donovan Mitchell repeatedly, we are going to build this roster around you. We are going to build a roster that plays to your strengths, and you're going to be the center of what we do. And that's what you, we all are anticipating. I can tell you that Donovan Mitchell has not in any way, shape, or form said, I'd like to be traded. I'd be open to a trade. I'm demanding a trade. Donovan Mitchell has said none of that to the Utah Jazz. Rudy Gobert, point blank last week, told the Jazz, I'd be open to a move. And that tells you a lot of different things about his character. This tells you pointedly that Rudy Gobert if he's ever going to be anything in this league other than the three-time defensive player of the year, if he truly, because I think Rudy Gobert truly believes that he is an offensive force and he's not. And the problem with Rudy Gobert is he doesn't have anybody telling him the truth. And that includes the Utah Jazz. Yeah, He doesn't have anybody that's willing to stand up to him and say, we can't give you the ball, which apparently was the source of four or five locker room <clears throat> exchanges this year that were not productive when Rudy Gobert was demanding that they throw him the ball in the post. And when they did, it just did not end well. And from what I was told over the weekend, Rudy Gobert was presented with facts, statistics. He was given a video package that showed where his shortcomings on offense are. And he was given a video package in April, early April, they went to Rudy Gobert and had an individual film study with him where, from what I was told, they pointed out to him, hey, we've got, you need to be better. We've got to have a better Rudy Gobert on the pick and roll. Stop dropping. That dropped to the basket. And I'm told it came to a head in the Houston game where he allowed Christian Wood to shoot a wide open three to send that game to overtime. Yeah, That's where that all came to a head. I think you're looking at a situation where I don't think you have a choice here. I think you have to trade Rudy Gobert. And I know that they had conversations about that at the trade deadline. But when you look at teams that have shown the most interest in Rudy Gobert, the Utah Jazz are not trading Rudy Gobert to the Dallas Mavericks. That is not happening. And I think one of the things that is very clear is that they would like to trade him to an Eastern Conference team. 
And, you know, I saw all of the talk this weekend about, hey, Charlotte in a trade that would return Gordon Hayward to the Utah Jazz. I just don't think, see that that's an option. Yeah, Gordon Hayward has lost significant athletic mobility since his leg injury, which is what the Jazz are trying to avoid. He is a better version of Boyan Bogdanovich. I would agree with that. But Boyan Bogdanovich and, and, and Gordon Hayward, one's not an upgrade to the other. You're trading like for like. So that deal doesn't make a lot of sense. And if you are going to move on Rudy Gobert, I would remind you that it's not a one-for-one, one, a like-for-like like trade. That's going to be a three minimum three-team deal. You, It is so difficult when you're paying the luxury tax to trade a Rudy Gobert one-for-one one to another team. It is, it's almost impossible to do that. Yeah, and I think, you know, when I, when I hear, you know, these trade rumors and and, and the fact that they're not exactly willing to just bluntly tell Rudy, like, hey, like, you 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 are not good enough offensively for us to be feeding you. It kind of starts, in, at least in my mind, I start to kind of put some pieces together here. And you start to kind of understand, like, I, I think that, you know, in the organization, and this is an opinion, but I think in the organization, you know, some real, like, truth, bluntness about where you are might be necessary. Again, let's take it back all the way to the beginning of the season. This organization and this team came into the season with the stated goal of winning a championship. Again, being the last team standing. Right there on this show, we told you that was a problem. We told you that re-signing Mike Conley and paying the luxury tax to do it, like to try and win a championship, wasn't good enough. That this group plus Mike Conley was not good enough. So... That's why I say, like, whether we're talking about Zanuck, whether we're talking about, you know, their relationship with Rudy, whether we're talking about Don and, and, and what he's got going on, this organization just needs to be more honest, be more blunt about where you are. It should not be some war crime to say that this team isn't championship quality right now. Like that, like, imagine what this organization could have got done if at the beginning of the year you said, hey, you know, even with Mike Conley, I don't think that we're better than the Suns. I don't think that we're better than Memphis. You know, I don't think that if we pay the luxury tax to get this guy, that that's going to propel us to the NBA finals. So that's why I say this. That's why I think, you know, Danny Ainge, as much as his experience will be impactful, I think his, the way he goes about it will also be very impactful for the people around him. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that there's an easy solution here. I really don't. I think one of the things that is very difficult is anytime you make a foundational trade, you better think twice about it. And I think the Utah Jazz have spent a considerable amount of time weighing the value of Donovan Mitchell, weighing the value of Rudy Gobert, weighing the value of Quinn Snyder. Because again, um, point blank on Saturday afternoon, I was told that Quinn Snyder's our head coach as long as he wants to be. Right now, today, Quinn Snyder's the head coach of the Utah Jazz as long as he wants to be. And, you know, I, I, I also heard a lot about Quinn Snyder and the Lakers on Saturday. And I think that the one thing that is very clear to me is that Quinn Snyder's not interested in that job. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just is not interested in that job. And I, I think that Quinn Snyder has earned a lot of respect around this league for the job that he's done. Because let's be honest, he came into this Utah Jazz situation needing to do well. This was this was likely his last best chance at being a head coach in the NBA. I mean, the issues he had at Missouri, the the 
the the tattered tales, the the long journey through assistant coaching internationally in the the G League with the with the Lakers, with the Spurs, like his journey had taken him right here and right now, and he has done a stellar job over the last eight seasons. But I understand why so many people believe that the Jazz would be looking at a change, but I can tell you right now, unequivocally, my sources at the Utah Jazz tell me they are not even considering that. Yeah, He is their guy. And, you know, we have, been, we have heard really since the trade deadline that there had been friction between Quinn and the team, and he was frustrated because they did not make a move to help this roster at the trade deadline. There was frustration over the the net return on Joe Ingles' expiring contract, which frankly wasn't much. And that Quinn Snyder is, is dealing with a little frustration and a little burnout. And again, I think his situation is still up in the air because from what I was told over the weekend, he has not said, yeah, I'm definitely back next year. They are taking a little time away from each other and then they are going to reconvene in the coming week and we really kind of go through the process. I don't think it is a, is a hundo P that he's coming back. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would not. I would if I were a betting man. I would I would take this off my board because I don't think that it is all for certain that Quinn Snyder is going to be the head coach of the Jazz. Yeah, I think there is a chance he resigns. We talked about it last week that he is a he's a grinder. That's one of the things I think you have to realize about Quinn Snyder. He's not the guy that's like, oh, well, the season's over. Time to go fishing. (laughs) Like, that's not Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder is a proud man. He is a prideful performer who takes every loss very personally. And you can see that it wears on him. And losing in the first round, losing the way they lost in the second half of the season, this team has not consistently had chemistry issues. That's the other part of this that I think is so important to talk about, that this chemistry situation really dating back to the summer, last summer, this chemistry situation is one that is new to this locker room. And while it's not new now, they went through pretty much an entire season of bickering. And you look at what happened from really January through mid-early April, this team was, was, was not enjoyable. This team did not enjoy being around each other. There was friction. The Rudy Gobert constant bitching and complaining. And I'm telling you, this started with his his arguments with officials. All of those technical fouls that he racked up early in the season did not serve Rudy Gobert well in the locker room. Yeah. It didn't. And the funny thing is, you look at Boyan Bogdanovich, nobody complains to the officials more than Boyan. But you know what he doesn't do? He doesn't go into the locker room and chirp. He doesn't go into the locker room and go after guys. He doesn't get on social media and go after guys. And I think, and I I know that that incident where essentially Rudy Gobert called out Donovan Mitchell, and I think that was after the Suns game, where he calls out Donovan Mitchell, I think that was the, the, the last straw for the Utah Jazz. I think, and we've talked about this, there were a lot of people, if you go back to our shows that week, There were a lot of people telling us the Jazz were super pissed he did that. Super pissed they did that. Donovan handled it really well. Donovan Mitchell went back to work when that went down. Everybody knew what Rudy Gobert was doing. Donovan went right back to work, and for that, I give him a lot of credit. All of this to say that, again, I was told on Saturday that Rudy Gobert told the Jazz, hey, 
I am tired of being the scapegoat on defense, which you're not the scapegoat on defense. I don't know where that came from. And he's frustrated with his role in the offense. He believes that he should have a much larger chunk of the basketball on offense and that he would be open to a trade this offseason. He did not demand a trade. He did not say, I'm not going to play here anymore. You need to move me now. He simply said, I am open to uh, to moving to another organization if it if it you know if it ends the strife here. Yeah. If it puts me in a better position, which is in my opinion him saying, "Hey, if you're going to move me, send me to a contender." But they're not trading him to Dallas. They they they're not. Yeah, and I saw all this nonsense on Twitter about, you know, trading him to Golden State for Wiggins and a package of picks. They're not going to do that, dude. That doesn't make any sense for for anybody i mean it just it just doesn't like you have to understand and when we said this on thursday and friday like you gotta understand like it, don't just like i feel like on twitter and, and i guess you know who's surprised it's twitter right but i feel like on twitter a lot we see ah oh, well bleacher report said this or we heard this guy say that what do you guys think of rudy to the warriors for wiggins and some picks yeah, great, but the only problem with that is, is the Jazz are never trading him to the Warriors for picks because they're they're your next door neighbor in the Western Conference. You're not doing that, so that's why I say, like, again, you just have to wait for the NBA Finals to end, wait for the NBA to go into its true off season, and then you will see things will start happening. I I, I think if I'm the Jazz, I agree with you. I want to ship his ass out out east, send him to Toronto. Send him to somebody who's halfway decent out there and, and just be done with it. Because the truth is, every single day that this guy's on your roster and you're still in this situation, is just another day you're not moving forward towards the end goal, which is winning a championship with Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, and I wonder how much they value the draft. I wonder, that's one question that is, you know, I asked, I asked that a couple of weeks ago, like, hey, how seriously do you guys take the draft this year? Because you really don't have a whole lot of chess pieces to play with at this point, right? And, you know, you get the standard paid answer. Well, of course, you know, we, you know, we value our young guys and we're trying to develop and we understand you get the standard answers, but I don't know that they do value the draft. I think they recognize that there are very few Giannis type talents in, in the draft where you can bring in an absolute raw product and build that product into a superstar. Those guys are very few and far between. Yeah. And I think that when you look at the way the NBA works today, I think you realize that it's a relationship-based business. And I think they realize one thing that Donovan Mitchell brings that Rudy Gobert absolutely does not, Donovan Mitchell has deep, lasting relationships with players around the NBA. There's a lot of guys who like Don and who would want to play with Donovan Mitchell. You look at all the players around the league, you look at all the teams around the league that are lining up to try and make an offer for Donovan Mitchell, the recruiting that goes on with Donovan Mitchell, that's because he's well-respected. Yeah. But there's, a, there's another part of this that I think people have to understand. When these situations happen, and when guys like Rudy Gobert melt down, and when you go all in on a guy like Donovan Mitchell, what ultimately happens? Well, the guys that we're talking about, Don and Rudy, get exposed. They get exposed one way or the other. My guess is Rudy Gobert is going to get exposed in the wrong way. If the Utah Jazz decide to trade Rudy Gobert and they get an offer that they like and they move him down the road, Rudy's either going to take a step up and he's going to become an MVP candidate every single year because he's going to average 25 points and 20 rebounds and the Utah Jazz are going to look silly. But my guess is 
that Rudy Gobert is going to be marginalized. When he goes to another team that does not make him the center of their orbit, that does not say, hey, you got to try and throw Rudy the ball, that views Rudy differently. And my guess is they don't move him to a contender. My guess is he winds up with a a low to mid-table team that's on the cusp of the playoffs. He would wind up in a Sacramento. He would wind up in a place like an Orlando. Mm -hmm. He would wind up in a place like an OKC. He'd wind up in a place like a Toronto, like a Washington. A mid-table team to a low-table team. Yeah. And if he is in that situation where, think about Toronto, because I still maintain, and I don't know what you think, Jake, but I still maintain Toronto is the most likely destination for Rudy. Well, and I think it makes the most sense for the Jazz. Like, I think think that's what... Like, I, I, honestly, I don't think the Jazz give a damn what Rudy thinks about where he's going to go. I, I, I think what they're looking at is, okay, this is how much the guy makes. Thus, this, these are our options. And they know, like in the, and, and I don't have it, but in the in the presser from Justin Zanuck, he made a joke about the fact that they don't have picks. So they know that they're not going to do much in the draft for a couple of seasons. So, if I'm Justin Zanuck, the logical thing to do would be look at look at the numbers on paper and say, okay, what who are the teams that have that I have talked to already who have expressed interest? And then in addition to that, who are the teams that I could go to and say, hey, what do you think about this? And I'm telling you they are not trading him in the Western Conference. I will die on that hill, and I'm happy to look like an idiot if they do. It makes zero sense. There, there would be no reason for them to do that when you've got those teams you were just mentioning, Orlando, Toronto, you know, I, I know we were just talking about the fact that the Charlotte-Gordon Hayward angle doesn't make sense, but I still maintain Charlotte might be a, a, a team that you could make something happen with. So that's why I say they just got to get this guy out of here. Get him out of here. Move on from this situation so you can start getting to building a team around yes. Donovan Mitchell, man. Yeah, and I, I think when you look at teams like Toronto, Toronto's interesting because they have assets you're interested in. Mm-hmm. And they could also send those assets to other teams to make a multi-team deal. I don't know that Charlotte can do that. I don't. I. I. I know that the Jazz will not trade. I've been told point blank three times that the Jazz are not going to trade him to a Western Conference playoff team. Why? Would they will they? not do that. Like, yeah. Why are you going to make Dallas better? Because he he's a great fit with Dallas. Because Dallas is not going to pass him the ball. Yeah. He is. He is. You are not going to take the ball. And I don't know, does Jalen Brunson end up staying in Dallas? I don't know. I have no idea. He's going to be expensive. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Um, But if it's just even Luka Doncic and a bunch of dudes, if you trade Rudy to Dallas and surmise you end up with a Dwight Powell or whoever, you end up with some of their pieces. Do you really think Luka's going to pass Rudy Gobert the ball in the post? Well, what I think is that Luka – is is more of a bona fide superstar in the league than Don is currently. Not to say that he's an actual like pound for pound better player, but I think from a PR standpoint, he is a he is a bigger superstar than Donovan Mitchell. And I don't think Rudy's going to be able to do what he does on the Mavericks that he does with the Jazz. Well, and the other thing is when Rudy Gobert goes to a team like the Dallas Mavericks with Luka Doncic, and nobody says no to Luka. Yeah, nobody says no. He to He is Luka. that organization. The the shit that went on in the locker room here is not going to go on there. Because they're just not, I, I mean, it's not your team. You're, you've been here your entire career. Yeah. You've been here. 
you're established here. You're going to go to another team and you're going to you're going to wind up in a situation where you're going to struggle to be a leader. Yeah. You're going to wind up in a situation where nobody's going to care what you think. Yeah, you got to earn your you got to earn your respect and and I think that's a, a really important point. But I but I want to touch on one thing. I know you were saying, "Hey, like the, the it's hard to find a guy in the draft that can really change your fate." Yes. But I also I do agree with that generally speaking, but I think when you for the Jazz purposes, when you look at the Western Conference, how many of the good teams are built through the draft? Look at it. You've got Memphis, you've got the Suns, you've got the Warriors. You had the Sacramento Kings who were decent until they decided to trade Tyrese Halliburton. So you have these guys who are these teams that have done some nice things through the draft. The problem is because the Jazz have gone sideways so much, they're not they're not able to to be productive in the draft because they just don't have picks. So that's why I say, yeah, I, it's obvious that they're going to be more aggressive in the trade market. It, I, I think it would be obvious that you're going to pursue, you know, things like the buyout market and free yeah. agency and, and all those other things because that's your path that you've laid. I, what other path do you have? Yeah, I don't know that you have another path. I, I, I really don't. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Let's get some of your comments in here. Um, what's up, Gabe Ledley? Good to see you. Rudy Sanchez, how the heck are you? Edgar Garcia, James Knight, Jeremy Bolton. Um, Greg Hawkins, Forrest G, the Blind Swordsman. Uh, Blind Swordsman says, Gobert is not happy he's been given everything. Mitchell deserves more. By the way, I knew you would be right about building a team around Mitchell. Thank you. I appreciate that. We'll get into the, a lot of that stuff in the offseason. <laughs> and Marcus had his comment tweeted. Marcus, I think this – or his comment uh, filtered. Yeah. But Marcus, I think this is the first time you've ever been here. Uh -huh. Marcus basically said, F you, you guys are wrong about everything. Um, and he was referring to the Jazz, but he also made a comment about a super conference, right? So in 2014, when I worked at KFAM, we were talking about um, how Texas and Oklahoma and USC would like to form a super conference. Well, obviously, money changed, things happened. But by the way, where did Texas and Oklahoma go? <laughs> Texas and Oklahoma went to the SEC. Listen, man. Which listen, I think is hysterical. Dude, listen. Dude, we've been talking about doing it. We'll put together a highlight reel of all the stuff that we've got right, and we'll put it as a feature video on our channel. That way, all you guys who come into the chat for the first time and hate have some documentation on everything that we've gotten right, just so you can feel a little better and about And you're yourself. never going to get everything right 100%. But I think if you've watched this channel specifically for the last year, because it's, our, it's become our full-time job over the last 18 months, I don't think you could you can you can go back to anything BYU last year with with Kalani Sataki's contract situation, his interview with we had his interview with Washington first. We told you almost word for word how that interview went. The Oregon situation yeah. with Kalani. Too. I mean, this has not been this has not been rocket science. We uh, you're either right or you're wrong, yeah. right? In, in a lot of in a lot of things. The problem for you guys with us is I don't really care about what other people think. It does not matter to me. I learned a long time ago that when you live your life, not for other people, but when you live your life without caring what those other people think of what you're doing and how you're doing it, your life becomes much simpler. God bless. It becomes much easier, right? And as far as the jazz go, you know what? I, I And I see, I see a lot of the people commenting that we're never right about anything. And listen... I, 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 again, will just tell you, go back. It's all on video. It's all on video. Who was the first one that, that had the rumors about the, the locker room? 
and we turn those rumors into fact. Like, this has not been a good year for the Jazz. Who was the first one to say when they signed that Rudy Gobert contract that they'd never win a championship with him and that they'd trade him in two seasons? Who was the first one to say that Mike Conley's deal would be a noose around their neck and it would not allow them to make moves? And right? by the like, way, by the way, I think we also got the Joe Ingles trade, right? I think we told you they were going to trade him bro, we told last you- Ju- July, I believe, was the first time I watched the video on it the other day. I think it's July 27th, if I remember right. I could bro, be wrong by We told you they were going to trade him even when the owner was tweeting they weren't going to trade him. Like, yeah. how much more? How much more? And this is what I say. Listen, th- at the end of the day, there's always going to be these guys or or gals that come in here and say, oh, you guys are and wrong. And we need and, you. And the f- but the we funny thing you. is, here's the funny thing. This is what always ends up happening. And, the, and please, for the people who are long times, back me up on this. We always get these, you know, I can't remember the guy's name. Driftwood came in here months ago and said, oh, you guys are idiots and don't know anything. And then he came around in like six weeks when we got a bunch of stuff right. Like, we see it all the time. So it's fine. The funny part is, to your point, please comment. Hate on us. Awesome. It helps the show. It really please does. come it in really here does. and tell us we're idiots. It's fine. We don't care because that the fact is, is like, you can go back. That's the great thing about YouTube. This is different than TV. The great thing about YouTube is it's all on the channel, and you can go find it all. History lives on. Go ahead and dig it all up, man. Scott Howard says, good morning, Monty and Jake. Tanner says, Gobert is such a snowflake. Um, I, hey I think he's, he's soft Tanner. I don't, I he's don't think French. there's any doubt. What do you expect? Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> JP Shanahan says, got your message on YouTube that you awarded me a prize via telegram. Thank you once again for that. But how does your telegram system work? Yeah, it doesn't. I, that's the other thing that's amazing. Our channel has gotten to the point now where now people like try to replicate our channel to leverage listeners and I, yeah, we're never going to message you directly on on just know that we're never going to message you directly on on YouTube. Yeah, we're never going to do that. We don't use Telegram. We do not. We use social media DM and we make you DM us. Yeah, we do not DM you, period. It's just if anybody ever sends you a DM being like, hey, bro, you won. Know that that's not accurate. He's just a hack. No. It just doesn't, yeah, it doesn't work that way. Uh, you can't trust anything that people say at press conferences, in my opinion. Totally agree with that. Well, and that's totally the thing. agree that, with that's that. That's the thing. Like, again, to, to bring this full circle on the, the Zanuck thing, like, I just think that the guy comes prepared to press conferences, as you would expect. I'm not criticizing him for that. But, but what I wish would take place in this organization, and it's not going to because the media won't make it happen, honestly, but what I wish would take place is I just wish they were more honest. Just be more blunt and straightforward. Like, hey, yeah, we do have continuity on this team because the core has been together, but we're missing something, and we have been missing something. And this goes back to the bubble three years ago, and we need to figure out what that is because we have a, a generational superstar in Donovan Mitchell, and we've got guys around him that really should allow us to win, and it's not happening. So that's going to be my, my priority in this offseason is figuring that out. Why is that so difficult to say? Yeah, I don't know. Why is that so difficult to say? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, we can blame the media. I mean, it is the media's fault for not pressing them. But at the same time, like, that's how this town works. So Yeah, and I, I, obviously there's a lot of people in the media in Salt Lake City that make their living on the jazz and would never do anything to make that difficult. And I respect that. Yeah. I respect that. 
Yeah, uh, Jeremy Bolton says, press conferences, post-game interviews, coach interviews are stupid. No one ever says anything anymore. 100% of it is coach speak. We'll, Absolutely. We'll get into the, a lot of that stuff in the offseason. Yeah, which, what does that mean? The, you're, uh, hey, bud. By the way. Hey, uh, this is the offseason, <laughs> just so you know. Ruff's official says, they'll pander to Mitchell, a role player, not a superstar. They'll continue to lose, and he'll leave in two to three years. Could be right. I think this but you're going to find out now, though. But, hey, Ruffs, you're another guy just like that. You're another guy who is a Rudy Gobert supporter who cannot come up with anything tangible about why Rudy should get the ball more over Donovan Mitchell. Yet, you still listen every day because we're getting things right. And you know we're getting things right, even though you won't admit it. So I appreciate you. That's what I'm saying. Like, all these people that come in here and leave these comments, like, great, do it. It helps us. We need you, dude. Like, please, thank you. Tanner says, oh, hey, Ruff's official. I had a feeling you'd show up. <laughs> uh, Ruff says, don't worry, I'm here. Scott Howard says, this is the first year I haven't fell, felt Don was clutch and looked hesitant in the clutch. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Scotty, I think you're exactly right. Yeah. I think he, he, I think Don wants to be clutch, but. He's passive. I would love to be able to have an off the record, honest, one-to-one -one conversation with Donovan and ask him, why'd you pass that ball? Why'd you give that ball up at half court? Well, the the ball that led to Mike Conley traveling. Why did you give that up? Why did you give it up in the bubble? Why did you give it up last year? Why did you give it up this year? It's it it, it is a fair criticism of Donovan Mitchell. He, Absolutely. I, like I, I'm I'm with you. I think he is the guy that you should build around. But there's some caveats with that. He needs to grow up a little bit and take a step forward. He has to perform. Yeah, man. Like, he, and I again, I'll just say. I think he is going to be a murderer this summer. I think he is going to get in the I gym. Agree. And I think he is going to build a mid-range game. Because he needs footwork and he needs a mid-range game. Those two things make him a much better defender. Imagine if he could a do much what Jalen Brunson did in the paint. Like if he could play that style of basketball. And that's why a lot of people are saying that, that Luka is not as good as he is without Jalen Brunson. And I agree with that. I think Luka Doncic needs to be off the ball. And there need you always need a number two. And they don't have a number two in Dallas. They need Jalen Brunson. They need him. And they want him. I don't think they'll let him get away. I think they will pay dearly for that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just, it'll be interesting. Uh, and Garcy, what's up, my friend? He says, morning, actually doing some work today. Just stop by to give a casual high five to all the regular casuals. Good to see you, and Garcy. <laughs> he says, definitely catch the podcast on Stitcher. Shout out to Stitcher. And, shout out, and shout out to Luca's mom. How about Rudy to Houston? They have a couple of uh, you talent we could de develop uh, um, or underdevelop, LOL. Yeah, okay, seriously. see, but that's but a Houston, conversation. Now, what is interesting is Houston was trying to get into the Russell Westbrook trade, and there are some people who believe the Jazz were the third team in that and that the Jazz could have had uh, Montrez Harrell and Christian Wood, amongst others, in that deal. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, would have been a huge win. They'd have been a far better team in the playoffs. Yeah. A far better team. Scott Howard says, love Rudy, and he will always be a favorite jazz man of mine, but it's time to move off of him. Um, Ruff's official says, I wasn't sure if I chose the right show because it's they need to trade Rudy every show. Well, you know what? I, I, I don't know that it's – I think that tells you how much of a drag he's been on this the, the culture of this team this year. I mean, I, I think that Rudy has been a significant talking point because he's been a significant issue. What else is there, not to cut you off, but like the question I would pose to people who say that, and I respect that that point because we do talk about it a lot, but what else would you talk about with this team? 
do you want us to talk about, you know, like these these gnarly trade scenarios that are unrealistic? Do you want us to talk about like um, Donovan Mitchell's issues in the community as far as getting shut down with the political stuff? Do you want us to talk about the free scholarship program? Like, like what else? Because Rudy is 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 the the thing on this team right now, and that really is the issue. Like, for better or for worse, Rudy is where we always end up going because he is the second guy, but he's the first guy on the payroll. So that naturally yeah. comes with, yes. with a conversation. So so that's why I say it's not like we wake up every day and we're like, all right, how can we hate on Rudy Gobert today? It, that's not the goal. But, but the goal is no. to have an honest discussion about where the organization is at. And I'm telling you. Rudy is the center of the conversation because he's not an offensive performer. Yeah. Brett Robbins says Rudy Gobert for a bag of Skittles and a half-eaten almond joy will suffice just nice for me. No, that was the Joe Ingles trade you're talking about, right? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. No, but they were getting Roco. Yeah, okay. Remember right. that whole thing? Roco, right. Yeah, Robert Covington for Joe Ingles was happening. Right. Get out of here. Right. Whatever. Uh, Daniel Westover. Good morning to good you. Good morning, sir. Welcome to the show. With Rudy, the phrase addition by subtraction comes to mind. Look at how great the Jazz played in that second quarter when the lane was open on offense. I want more of that. Yeah, and then, I, no doubt. And then what did you see in the next game? But this is, this is a really good point. I'm glad you said this. What did you see in the next game? Quinn put him on the floor, but took him out of the paint to try to get the best of both worlds. You want the defensive protection, but you need the paint to be more open. Yes. Well, you saw that adjustment. Now it didn't. It didn't really work. It didn't really pan out. But these are the games within the game that you had that that they were playing. I yeah. I I think that's very well said. Kelsey Hamer. Good morning to you, bro. We need to move off Rudy so fast because he doesn't want to work on that. He wants to just be handed the ball, even though he's offensive trash. I I think there's something in that. I do. And I thought your point about about them showing him offensive tape. Like, Rudy, to me, and again, this is just speculation, right? This isn't, obviously, I don't have a credential, and I don't spend time in person with Rudy. But but based on his actions, he seems like somebody who is like, all right, hey, Rudy, here's tape of you bringing the ball down and turning it over. Here's tape of you trying to do a drop step to your right shoulder and turning it over. If you want the ball more, you got to work on that. And then he seems like the guy who would take that and say, no, that was just a one-off thing or like, just wouldn't take it take it credibly or wouldn't take it to heart and actually work on it. Well, it you can just see with Rudy's turnovers and his issue with offenses, one, his footwork is, is not very good offensively. But to play in the post as a big man, you, you need to understand how to use your upper body and your lower body together for leverage. And you need to understand that you can't – Rudy tends to dip his shoulder and stick his left arm way out, which is – where the ball is, and that gets you a turnover. Yeah. He just doesn't have the fundamentals of that. And he needs – you can work on that. You can absolutely work on handle. What I don't think he'll ever be able to get to is a turnaround fadeaway jumper. He's not going to be a guy – one, he's just too clumsy, and he's not a refined athlete. He's not a guy that's ever going to have touch. He doesn't have – like, if you look at Giannis Antetokounmpo and Rudy Gobert – they, they were similar players in that they always dunked. Now, Rudy's a seven-footer who rim runs. Giannis is an athlete that wants to run down your throat, right? But Giannis always had handles. Giannis always had a little touch around athleticism. the rim. He, he had way more athleticism. But now he's turned into a shooter, and he's, he's worked on that faithfully. He took it to heart. 
and it's paid dividends for him. You saw it. You saw it yesterday. So yeah, I just I think Rudy isn't that guy. Yeah, that's the hard part. Um, JP Shanahan says if Gobert wants to be a stronger focal point on offense, why can't he just work on his offensive game in the summer? That's way that way Utah would have no excuse for not giving him the ball because I don't know that he. Man, he's a seven-foot rim runner. Those guys don't win isn't championships. Thir- isn't Rudy Gobert 30 years old now? Yeah. Well, how old is he? He's not young anymore. I think that's that's a common misconception that Rudy Gobert, I want to say that he's Rudy 29. Go- is is Yeah, but he'll be, this is his 30-year-old season, yeah. right? Yeah, this is, he'll turn 30 this year. Yeah, yeah. he is a guy Next that month. He, he's not young anymore. Yeah. I, I, I want people to understand that. Donovan Mitchell, look at Donovan, what is Donovan, 24, I think? I think he's 25 now. I, I mean, Donovan is at a tipping point where he is yeah, 25, where he's at a point where he is getting to the point where he's not young anymore. It's time to get going. He is. He is at that point where in, in NBA time, you accelerate into a superstar, or you fall back. Guys are playing into their late thirties. Donovan has 10 years of peak performance directly in front of him, but he's got to grow. He has to get better. Look at where Devin Booker is at at 25 years old. Completely different player. Right? So he's, he's, but also look at what the organization did before Devin took this leap. And this is what I think is so important that the conversation is not, hey, Devin is just a better overall player because he's just better. That's not the conversation. The conversation is look where Book was two years ago on a struggling team with a struggling head coach with a bad, you know, supporting cast. They draft Cam Johnson, they draft DeAndre Ayton. They get rid of their head coach. Mikhail they Bridges. they get Mikhail Bridges. They get James Jones in the front office. So now what have they done? They put Book in a position to play with Chris Paul, who's taught him a lot, who's allowed him to take that step. So that's a huge portion but of his development. They also brought in a well-respected black head coach. Yeah. And I think in today's NBA, that's critical. I mean, I think when you have young players, young African-American players on your team, you have to have a young African-American coach. Yeah. I think that is respected. And Monty Williams was absolutely respected. And I think bringing in Chris Paul. So what did they, what is the dynamic that plays in Phoenix? You have a young black head coach that's respected, a younger ish, a veteran guy, but he's not, he's not the old world. He's not Rick Carlisle. He's not. Monty Williams is a guy that is has become one of the best head coaches in the NBA. He's 50 in the years last, old. Yeah, in the last two years. Yeah. He's become one of the best head coaches in the NBA. But the way that that works is you have this guy that's turning into this great head coach, but you have one of the best point guards in the history of the NBA that's a veteran point guard who walks in the room dripping of respect right? So you have a a coach that's respected. You have a point guard that's respected and you have this should be better player in Devin Booker who then all of a sudden just grows leaps and bounds. Yeah. But what also happened there, you had a bunch of young talent influxed in the organization. You have a a center that can shoot a jump shot. You have a guy in Mikhail Bridges who walked into that team as a lockdown defender. You have a guy in Cam Johnson that's a knockdown three-point shooter. Yeah. You you, You just have young melding with veteran, melding with respected coach that's black. I think it's a huge, huge component. I think that's the perfect scenario. And you have a young black general manager, and I say this specifically talking race with the Suns because of who their owner is. Mm -hmm. And you had to separate management, 
coaching and players from that owner. And I think you're now seeing that that's paying the fruits of the labor. And you're seeing Donovan Mitchell not having that as a big deal. That's exactly right. And I, I think you have this, you have a very inexperienced owner, very inexperienced owner. Something happening on your phone there? Uh, well, see, I'm a big Caitlin Collins fan. Oh, and Jesus. so I have Twitter alerts up for her. And she just posted, she tweeted an update about how the U.S. ambassadors are trying to get back into Ukraine. So um, how much self-pleasuring did you do to the uh, correspondence dinner the other night? Dude, <laughs> I mean, it was it was on replay like five times. Yeah, forearm tennis. Yeah, man. I mean, I, my, my left arm was a little sore, bro. You are a huge Caitlin Collins fan. Yeah, I am. I am. Yeah, Big fan. Not so much. Big fan, man. Anyway, the point is. The Jazz have some work to do because your owner is wildly inexperienced. He's making mistakes. Well, and he's being investigated. Yeah. Well, the the Suns owner. Oh, you're talking. Okay, sorry. Ryan Smith is not being investigated. No, Ryan Smith is not. Ryan Smith is young and making a bunch of mistakes. Yeah. And I think you have a general manager that I think is learning on the job. Even though he's he is very experienced. Justin Zanuck has never been the guy. And I think you're digging out of a hole. From Dennis Lindsay, I am not surprised at all that Dennis Lindsay doesn't have a job. I'm not surprised at all. But he's a well-respected and loved jazz Beloved legend. member of the jazz family, please. Yeah, sure. Okay. Anyway, a couple more. Uh, James Knight says, rest assured they brought Danny Ainge in for a reason. This offseason will reveal all. I agree. I hope so. Jeremy Bolton says, jazz need to build around Nacho Belgrande. I agree. But hey, stop being racist. Remember, we're um, racist please. because of that? Yeah. Um. <laughs> You know, J.P. Shanahan says, are you implying that Gobert is that guy? No, not implying. He, that was a You're game. not that guy, pal. There Trust you. me. You're not that guy. You're welcome, J.P. Uh, Scott Howard says, do not bring Hayward back. Best years are behind him and the Jazz need athleticism. It's just such an unrealistic totally like, like thing to say, like, hey, they're going to bring Gordy back. No, they're not. No, they're not. It's not happening. No. Like, Kelsey relax. Hamer says, that's right. Um... He also says, wait a minute, Jazz, James Knight says, see the the moron Draymond's fruitcake green get tossed? Here we go. Here we go. He shouldn't have gotten a flagrant two for that, by the way. It's definitely um, flagrant one. Yeah. Kelsey Hamer says, bro, does Rudy Gobert realize he's going to look like trash in other systems? That's a good question. Uh, Scott Howard says, anyone who would take Rudy over Don simply lets emotion get in the way. Um Rudy in a few years older to begin with, and he can't win you the game in clutch, which Don has done several times. I guess. Truth, Monty, this season was one of the least enjoyable seasons as a fan. The team wasn't fun to follow. I would agree with, with that. Brett Robbins says, I miss Joe. Don't disagree with that either. OG says, Brett Robbins, you're going to give Monty a stroke with that one. Which with what, did, what did Brett say? Um, Brett Robbins says, Jazz need to build around Royce Buckets O'Neal because he just gets straight buckets. <laughs> you mean Buckets can, O'Bench? Uh, can we please stop calling him Buckets O'Neal? <laughs> like, somebody needs to hit Bowler with a two-by-four. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're Man. not that guy. Good night. I maintain that Donovan Mitchell will be a better player than Booker when their careers are said and done, James Knight says. Could be. Yeah, and look, I hope so. But for that to happen, he's got to have a supporting caster on him that can be productive and actually, you know, knock down the wing shot when you're wide open with five seconds on the clock. Yeah, Want to knock down. Like, come on. Yeah. 
Um, Rec one says, imagine a full season of rebuild with Bench O'Neill as your best offensive player. Good Lord. Jesus. Uh, going to be a lot of top four picks. That's for sure. Brett Robbins says Jeremy Bolton says Ryan Smith hasn't had time to make any mistakes yet. Dude just barely got the team. Well, uh, actually I true. totally disagree. That's not true. Uh, the Mike Conley deal mistake, Rudy Gobert deal mistake, uh, trading Joe Ingles for your mom mistake, not signing Alex Caruso, Jeremy mistake. Um, <laughs> Fucking a. His tweets don't help. The never trading Joe Ingles are not going to trade Joe Ingles. Mistake. He's as as it was said in Gladiator. You know, you win the crowd, you win your freedom. That's what Ryan's trying to do. He's trying to win the crowd, bro. Yeah, but also said in Gladiators, people need to know when they're conquered. That's true. And That's true. The Jazz are conquered. Rudy needs to learn when he's conquered, bro. You know. Uh, what are they investigating the Suns owner of? Putting goats in his general manager's <laughs> office and allowing them to shit everywhere. <laughs> He actually did that. <laughs> it gets me every time. I can't believe he it's did that. It's not funny, but it is funny. Good old Bobby Sarver, man. Yeah, good old Bobby. Dude, just Google it. It's a horrendous. The allegations against Bob Sarver are horrendous. I yeah. mean, not good. Why does the race of the coach matter? In Phoenix, it matters. Well, in the NBA, it matters. I mean, well, I think, I think in Phoenix in particular, it matters. I mean, when you have Robert Sarver as your owner, and you had a line of coaches that were trash. And then I think he went out of his way to give James Jones the general manager position to bring an air of equality into that organization. Yeah. And then he got out of the way a little bit and let James Jones operate. I think it's sending a message. And I think, you know what, man? I think I don't care why. Robert Sarver is a detestable human being, in my opinion. Yeah. He is no better than Daniel Snyder. He is no better than, you name the worst owners in sports, Robert Sarver's on that list. I mean, it just is, it's brutal. It's brutal. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, I'll agree not signing Caruso a huge mistake. Trade Rudy and Mitchell straight across for Caruso. I think you could do that. I mean, the fashionista that is, you know, Caruso in the headband. Uh, old vets on bad contracts, truth. Kay Nuren says, bring back freedom. Someone we can talk about other than Rudy. Exactly right. Yeah, JP, he put goats in the guy's office. Yeah, literally. Ryan, Ryan McDonough, McDonough. Yeah. The general manager. He wanted a superstar, a generational talent on his team. And so to send that message, he wanted a goat. So he put goats in McDonough's office, and they they quite literally shit everywhere. Like, it's terrible. It, it was terrible. Brutal. All right. Uh, don't forget to shop our affiliate links below. Um, the, the best t-shirt you've ever owned, the Carhartt t-shirt is there. AirPods are still on sale. Like all the stuff you want, all the stuff you need right there below. Yeah. Uh, also check out our Jeep uh, Wrangler JL Rubicon build video. Um, took it out to Little Moab this past weekend. It was awesome. Um, and it's going to be completely different. The next weekend when we post a, a vlog of the Jeep, it's going to be a shocking difference. It's getting real. Shocking difference uh okay uh let's move on to trevor bauer because i think this is a big deal so you know that uh dodger pitcher trevor bauer um has been accused now i think it's by three women one over the weekend came out and said she would meet with the baseball arbiter who's going to make this decision that i'm going to tell you about uh, but trevor bauer has been accused of being a guy that will choke his female companion out during sex without her consent and while I think this woman from San Diego is a liar, 
And I don't say that lightly when it's, when we talk about women that are claiming rape and sexual abuse. She lied and got caught. There are other women who have said that Trevor Bauer, and one of them was a woman he was in a relationship for years, said that Trevor Bauer choked her unconscious without her permission during sex. And she is willing to talk to the MLB, MLBPA arbitrator who is going to decide this because Trevor Bauer was suspended for two years and is not eligible to play Major League Baseball until 2024. It is a massive suspension. Yeah. It is a 300, I think, and 46-game suspension. And it's going to cost him probably hundreds of millions of dollars. Between endorsements, salary, this is a big deal. He has appealed the suspension, Trevor Bauer, which means that it will go in front of the um, arbitrator, who, by the way, remember the process, MLB and the Major League Baseball Players Association hire an arbitrator to hear all of their cases. And that guy is going to decide Trevor Bauer's future. Trevor Bauer, as I rightly predicted on the show, is somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, me. that would be you. Mm-hmm. Did not rightly predict, is never going to play for the L.A. Dodgers again. And I think there is a really good chance his Major League Baseball career is over. And I also think there's a really good chance he gets every penny that he is owed on that contract. But Trevor Bauer, in my opinion, is... I think he's deserving of a of a suspension for the rest of this season. But in my opinion, Jake, I think this was way over the top by Major League Baseball. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the most ridiculous suspensions I've ever seen. I mean, and, and I've been watching baseball for a long, long time. You know, through, through the Ryan Braun suspension, through, I mean, just all kinds of, obviously, things that have gone on. And I just think it's it's completely heavy handed. I, I mean, I understand that baseball has an image to keep up, and I understand that this is a this is very much a PR bad look type thing because technically he hasn't broken any laws. Technically, he's not guilty of anything except being extremely rough and you know pretty much brutal during sex with with his several partners or whatever. But I think that that he's technically not guilty of anything, and this is this is sort of where the lines get blurred in, in sports. You know, we see this so often in, uh, in the NFL with, with domestic abuse, you know, if there's tape, you're, you're done. If there's not tape, you're probably not done. I mean, it's literally gotten to that point. So in this instance, you know, again, he's not guilty of anything. So that's where I have, you know, a lot of trouble. You're basically wait, wait, wait. saying, and hey, I want to clarify this. You're saying he's not been found criminally. Yeah, he's not criminally. Yeah, he's not. He's not being. He's not going to jail. He's not been like he's not been found guilty criminally of anything. Let Let's clear this up real quick because this is really important. Trevor Bauer has not been charged with a crime and will not be charged with a crime for anything related to the, what happened with the woman in San Diego at his home in Pasadena. And he has not been charged with a crime on any of these situations. This is purely a suspension based on the Major League Baseball domestic violence protocols that were put into place, I believe, in 2015. And this is by far the heaviest suspension under the domestic violence protocol. That's what I'm saying. What do you really what what is the outside of, hey, this is a really bad look for Major League Baseball. This is like a star pitcher for one of your star franchises in the league. What really are you suspending him for? 
That's my thing. Because at this point, you're you're essentially suspending him for doing some heinous things that were permitted during sex. That's essentially what you're suspending him for. No, at this what point. you're suspending him for is because you have multiple women accusing Trevor Bauer of committing heinous acts against them while they were having sex against their permission. He is being accused of choking out this woman from San Diego, beating her physically. She got laughed out of court and text messages and the evidence did not support what she accused Trevor Bauer of doing. However, Trevor Bauer did not deny choking this woman. He did not deny physically assaulting this woman. And it's interesting that his former longtime, you know, partner is coming out and saying that he choked her to unconsciousness, allegedly, without her permission. And that's why Major League Baseball has suspended him because this woman in San Diego and other women have made these allegations ab about Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer is only being suspended for two years because it's going to get reduced in arbitration. And Major League Baseball does not want Trevor Bauer playing baseball this year. And I think Major League Baseball would do just fine if if it came out that Trevor Bauer was never going to play for a Major League Baseball club again. And my guess is that Major League Baseball would look the other way on collusion of keeping Trevor Bauer out of the game altogether. Mm -hmm. I don't know. My guess is he's never going to play in the bigs again. That'd be my guess. He is a pariah. He is somebody that will be picketed and protested. There's no doubt about that. Did Trevor Bauer do anything wrong? I don't know. I guess that's your moral compass will decide that. Did he do anything criminal? No, he didn't. According to, according to the L.A. County prosecutor, no, he did not. Or the district attorney, no, he did not. I don't know why this other woman didn't file police reports and try to get him arrested or I don't know. But what I do know is the L.A. Dodgers will never have him wear their uniform again. And I believe that he will probably, quote unquote, win his arbitration in that I believe that the suspension will be reduced on some level. I think he'll be suspended for the rest of this year by the arbitrator. That'd be my guess. Yeah. Having said that, I totally disagree with the suspension and the actions that Major League Baseball took. Two years is ridiculous. Yeah. And in my opinion, the, the issue here is, is that Trevor Bauer has been paid the entire time he's been suspended. So he, pay, he, I, he was paid, I want to say he was paid his entire 30 plus million dollar salary last year. In fact, I know he was, and he was paid, what have they played, 15, 20 games this year? So he's been paid this year, and now MLB levied this suspension, which they took their sweet-ass time doing, and they said you'll be suspended this entire year, and you'll be suspended the entire 2023 season, and you'll be allowed to apply for reinstatement for 2024. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. There are There is – Rob Manfred is such a shitty commissioner. I – it's unbelievable to say that he's the worst commissioner in baseball. He's the worst commissioner in baseball history. And I think he's the worst commissioner in professional sports. Yeah. Because I didn't think there, I, I mean, there have been some pretty bad commissioners in baseball. I had no idea that anybody would be this bad. I mean, just the Arizona Diamondback situation on its own. Yeah. It's embarrassing. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. It's not good. So they ban him for two years for, uh, Hearsay. Yeah, that's essentially yeah, what happened. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And there is tape on the Astros, and they that's exactly right. Yeah. What did they do with the Astros situation? Exactly right. Uh, meanwhile, you have the Astros who freaking cheated and got caught cheating, 
And it was a slap on the wrist for the organization, Jeremy Bolton says. And there was tape. Yeah, absolutely. Some people lost their jobs. You know, a memo came out. Oh, by the way, all those people are working again. Yeah. I'd remind you. Yeah. Alex Cora is the manager of the Red Sox. Yeah. What's his name's the manager and the guy that was the manager of the team. Yeah. Is now the manager of the Detroit Tigers. His name just went right out of my head. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Anyway, the point is, it's a joke, man. Major League Baseball is an embarrassment. It's it's an absolute. That said, I love Major League Baseball. The product itself, I love it. Oh yeah, I'm a like, huge I love baseball ball games. Fan. But like the way it's run and and the culture and everything is just jacked, man. It sucks. Jacked. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, it's just so interesting to me. How many people I'm I and I don't read DMs on the show anymore. By the way, I do reply to to some of you on DMs on Instagram, but I will not read your DMs. Like Barry, you need to comment on the show. I, I, I just won't. Arich Tavares said, uh, my husband said if if he was Trevor Bauer since he effed up. Whoa, comment dump. Where'd you go, Arich? Uh, he would get get it on with Luca's mom. Go out with a bang. Pause, bro. Pause. Chill out. You ain't wrong. You ain't wrong. Um, let's, let's, speaking of this, mm-hmm. let's talk about husbands and wives on their cell phones. <laughs> So I want to say it was Georgia or Alabama, somewhere. A woman is divorcing her husband. And she is is a um, Christian conservative, is how this woman identified. Mm, Christian conservative. And she says that she, her husband is a, is a, I think she used the word serial philanderer and a pervert. <laughs> wow. And that she can no longer live in the same home with him. In the eyes of Christ, it makes her a sinner. All of this because she got into his cell phone one day. Just stop right there. Just pause the tape. It's over. It's over, dude. The whole marriage is over right there. She got into his cell phone. Did she find text messages or pornographic images of him and his girlfriend? No, she didn't. Did she find any evidence on his phone? That he had been physically unfaithful to her, was having an affair with a woman in the community or anywhere. No, she did not. <clears throat> you know what she found? Then on TikTok and Instagram, he followed women who did not wear very many clothes. <laughs> and that he followed, um, there's a woman on TikTok who I guess, I, I've seen them a few times where there's like dances they do that like you wear baggy clothes and then you hit some beat and you you wind up in a swimsuit, a bikini. Right. And like all trend. of, yeah, all of the trends on TikTok yeah, that trend. lead to like nudity and cleavage. Right. She says that that's all he follows. And to his credit in the story, they said that the majority of his, his accounts, he only followed three men. And she says that that is him being a serial philanderer and a pervert. Okay. So that's how it's going to be. And in the eyes of Christ, she would be a sinner if she stayed in the same home with him. This is completely ridiculous, dude. It's completely ridiculous. Like, First of all, let's just be honest. This is not cheating on your husband or uh, or on your wife, in my opinion. This is not. Um, I I follow quite a few of accounts like that, as it turns out. I was looking I just, at my social media. <clears throat> I don't follow. I fo- Honestly, you know what I mostly follow? Sports and cars. Yeah. Some food. I like following defense attorneys. But but I want to I want to I want to pinpoint this. So, what I love about this woman's claim so much 
is she's essentially dismissing the idea that she follows dudes on Instagram. Like, n notice there's no conversation of that. It's only, hey, well, he follows women, and they show all their cleavage and everything, and that means I'm a sinner. What about all the dudes you follow on Instagram? What about all the accounts you well, follow? Well, what about all these assholes that are chopping wood with axes? Exactly. And, precisely. Precisely. I mean, you like, literally, women only follow those guys for one reason. Yeah. They're, they're sexy and it creates puddles in their in their <laughs> pouches, right? Like Puddles in their pouches. <laughs> that, you know, like it creates, uh, you know, a mist in the forest. Like, all I'm saying is that's no different than men following women that jump up and down in bikinis or you know, just kind of scruff it and play with it when it's wet. That's you know? what you're doing. <laughs> that's the only reason you follow fucking lumberjacks. You can't tell me, ladies, you're out there looking for ways to chop new wood, so to speak. Look, we'll get into the, a lot of that stuff in the off season. We yeah, will. I'm sure you will. We will I'm get sure into that in the off will. season. I'm sure But my you point will. is, is this cheating? No. No, I think if you were DMing, messaging, paying, listen. In, I in by, by the way, I think OnlyFans. This was the other the other yeah, thing. Yeah. Apparently, he had looked at OnlyFans, which is on a. He did not subscribe. Uh -huh. By the way, he had looked at the OnlyFans website of some person. Right. And he had not subscribed. Is that cheating? I think if he had subscribed and if he had paid for it, yeah, I think that's cheating. Yeah, look, I think the general rule of thumb, whether we're talking social media or just real world, like face to face, window shop, but don't buy. Window yes. shop, but don't interact. You can't. And, and this is this is one of my pet peeves, like in in our society in our country. So I can I I can't look right, like I can't admire without someone getting upset. But ladies can look and ladies can admire, and it's no problem. Yes. And that's just what our society is. So the question, and this is what I would love people to, to, to answer in the comments, the question simply is, do you allow your spouse to look through your phone at any time? If so, do they look through it a lot? Because I think just the concept that, like like with my girlfriend, I don't have to hide my phone. I She doesn't have to hide her phone. Like, yeah. it's just a... It's a non-starter because there's just because hey yeah you want to look through my phone here you go like but it's the not a point thing. is if you're looking through your spouse's phone there's a larger yes issue yes there is a larger issue yeah period yeah that's the reality of it so you better check yourself you can't be looking through your phone it be and I think if you're gonna search your husband or or boyfriend girlfriend wife your phone, significant other's phone you need to go to them and say hey I'd like to look through your phone. Because this guy had so little to hide, he did not have a password on his phone. Yeah. His phone was unlocked. Yeah, like, I don't I don't think that following I don't think that because I follow women who show off on Instagram that that's me cheating. I'm not talking to it's them. Not. I'm not commenting or liking. Yeah, if you're like, DMing, if you are messaging, yeah. now you've gone a step yeah. too far. Now, now you're causing problems. You know, like I, I think it is so we have so many problems with sex in this country. It is only it is only natural to think about women and men sexually. <laughs> I don't think there's any way around it. And this is not different than, hey, wow, look at that hot guy with a six-pack and pecs and buys and tries slamming an axe into that log. Yeah. Come on. We know why you're watching that. Right? Like, And I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. If you're thinking about somebody else while we're having sex, okay, I don't love that, but I don't have a, necessarily have a problem with that. It's human nature. What changes is when you message them.
contact them. Hey, let's we're just friends going out to dinner. See, I'm not cool with that. But you're I'm not, not just that. friends. Yeah. You're not. And this is the age-old age old adage that men and women cannot be plutonic. There's you 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 cannot because affairs it, it you didn't have an affair because you were banging this chick. Yeah. You had an affair because you gave your heart to somebody yeah, else. Yeah, you had an affair of the heart. Yeah. It's never the physical. So this woman I think is radical, but I will say this. As men, we need to be very careful on policing ourselves in the actions we take. I look at this guy in England, this this um, essentially a senator, an MP, who resigned because he admitted he had watched porn multiple times on the floor of the, the government floor while they were in session, What's essentially. You know, like we have to be very careful because you open the door that much. Yeah. And there's no closing it. Yeah. And I only point you to the the incidents where we know about cheating on your wife that's destroyed men, pornography destroying men. Like I'm telling you now, there is a very thin line. There is a very thin line. And if you are hiding your phone from your wife or if you are hiding your phone from your husband, there's a reason. Yeah. There's a reason for that. And usually it's because you're not being honest. Yeah. It is because you are not being honest. Yep. To me, that's the that's almost always the marker. And it's, I mean, yeah, I I, I think it, I, again, I think this is something that's very straightforward. And I think that, I mean, what are people saying? Are, are people saying anything? Oh, I'm sure they are. Let's see. Uh, Fat Jesus says, no, no, no. Women who follow those men to learn to chop wood. It's a tutorial. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It's just a tutorial. You Go woke. One, marry one, kill one. Yeah. Go. Exactly. Well, uh, let's see. Firefighters lumberjacks and accountants well kill the accountant bang the lumberjack and merit like we know what you're doing come on fat jesus says serial philanderer and pervert aren't we all i don't know about essentially that. uh greg hawkins says lmao she's upset because he follows hot women on social media she sounds like a total nightmare he dodged a bullet that's what i'm saying like is here's my question if you are worried about uh you know you know, sexual things making you a sinner. Mm-hmm. Do you have a productive sex, sex life in the bedroom um, with your husband? <laughs> My guess is you don't. My guess is, and I, this is the other thing I say a lot, men and women. I think there is a lot of people who are unhappy sexually in their marriage and it leads to action mm-hmm. and not good action. It lead. I'm telling you, it is what it is. And Garcy says, what a perfect time to jump back in. Nudity and cleavage. I love it. Um, uh, Brett Robbins says she's straight saying TikTok is the devil's work. Well, it probably is. <laughs> kind of is. I kinda mean, is. you know. Um, Arich Tavares says, I understand men looking at women instinctively. It's natural, especially sexy and a lot of skin. This is every day. I also understand men forget that them literally in five minutes tops. Yeah, it's an in the moment thing. It is. It, I, I think that's a fair it point. Is. That's a very fair Cheating point. Cheating would apply when it becomes physical, in my opinion. And Garcy says, no, 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 would that make your wife uncomfortable? Are and you hugging your thing. male coworker? See, Would that make your husband un- uncomfortable? Yeah, that's a great way to phrase it. Like, what if what is what I'm doing? You know, is that okay with my spouse? Like, would my spouse 
be okay with it if they walked in the room and saw me doing it? Or would they be okay with it if they saw me texting with this person or DMing with that person or whatever the case may be? Because, I, you know, to, to counteract, what was it, on Garcy's point, mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, it we so often look at cheating as like, oh, well, you know, cheating is just human to human. And it's not, right? Like, like if not. you're if you're somebody who's a heavy consume, consumer of like pornography, let's say, you're cheating. You're on your cheating wife. on your your wife or your husband. It just that's it's just that simple. So that's why I say it. The, your point, the way you said it, hey, f the physical is the last portion. That's so true. Like the heart and the emotional side of it is the is the beginning. Because betrayal isn't over the sex. Betrayal is is that you've lost the trust of that person. Yeah, and you never get it back. You, yeah, you just don't. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says she sounds like the wife that goes to the gym wearing a thong and see-through top and then gets mad at men for looking at her at the gym. Um, well, see it all the time oh, at Vaza, bro. Man. Oh, don't Here start. come the sex bots. Here, here come the sex bots. See, we start talking about this stuff and... Damn, how many was it this time? Like five? Five or six at least. Damn. Yeah, well. Well, that's a lot. Uh... Eric Devera says, problem with us women is we think men think the same way. It's just different. I still remember the hot guy I saw a few weeks ago. I doubt my husband remembered the girl he saw in the McDonald's earlier. We, yes, we're very transient. Yeah. We're very transient. It's in the moment. Because uh, honestly, I think pornography and sex for for men, there's so much more content out there. Well, look, look. Just the daily, just the, the cut of a blouse gets guys going like cleavage and listen from the beginning of our life like once like let's just use high school as an example just just an arbitrary example women girls in high school can get laid whenever they want to yes if, if someone if a, if a girl wanted to go to high school and get like five dudes she could but as dudes that's not how it works as dudes we have to bring value to get value in return we have to be like in high school you got to be the star football player. You got to be. You got to fill a role that that a, a woman would want, and that's what I think is the difference. Women look look at guys, and they kind of you know, as, as she was saying, like look at guys and kind of remember that guy because of how he looks. Whereas dudes, we're we're not even looking at it from the yeah. standpoint of oh man, this could actually happen. We're just like oh yeah, she's a pretty good looking girl, you know. Like we're just trying to enjoy the moment. And Garcy says, dudes, hugs are not cheating you, prunes. Yes. In in a way, it can be. It depends. It I mean, depends. it it depends. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You only hug certain coworkers. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, "Nice, the spam bots giving us enlightened conversation as usual." Exactly. <laughs> Porn is cheating now. I'm going to hell, bro. Well, it's it's cheating if you're if you're the guy that's watching porn behind your wife's back. You're. I don't <laughs> see how it's not. You are you are actively engaging in sex. With other people, you are you are pleasuring yourself and fantasizing about other women. Yeah, and that to me is is where. It and goes then you're going to put those expectations on your on your person. I just think it goes too up. far. Uh, Josh Levern says, "And Garcy called you guys uh, dried plums in your face." He did. I know. Yeah. It's wow, man, I'm really offended. You know. Greg says, "I don't think porn is cheating that. if your partner knows and consents to it. Communication solves like I agree. 99 percent of these gray areas. Yes, it does. I agree. Uh, porn is cheating by yourself." 
porn is cheating yourself. Yeah, well, it could be. Well, that's true. If porn is cheating, then sex toys are too. Well, it depends. It, Does your wife yeah. tell you that she uses a, 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 a sex toy? It's all, to Greg's point, it is all about the communication. And in, in, again, it comes down to deceiving your, your significant yes. other. So whether we're talking about, it, it's not the item. It, so it's not, hey, you you hugged that person or, hey, you 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 know got off to pornography it's it's hey did you hug that person in a way that was was you know that would not be okay with your spouse are you hugging that person because you like the way it feels or are you just hugging them because that's sort of like the you know like over the weekend me and my girlfriend went to her 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 friend's uh place who are married and have a kid and uh own a home on the east bench here in salt lake and and yeah, like I hugged her, her, her friend's wife and shook his hand and like just common stuff. Like that's not cheating, Yeah, you know, but it's like, if you go to the office behind your wife's back or your husband's back and you're interacting with someone that's cheating. I mean, it, it is all contextual. Yeah, I would agree with that. And Garcia says, OMFG Monty, you're out of control. I will simply wrap this up. Okay. Come on. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I'll put an end to this conversation by saying if you are hiding things from your spouse, you're cheating on them. Agreed. Don't get me started on things other than sex or other people that is cheating. Y'all want to play. Like, are you cheating on your spouse when you spend money they don't know about or when you hide your, your spending? No, you're not cheating. You're just lying. Like, There you go. Oh, and FYI, Jake Iguodala was at Arizona in 2001. Okay. He's old. Uh, trust me, my hugs are cheating, Fat Jesus says. I agree. Play the music because we got to go. Um, yeah, I think it is. That's an interesting question. We'll keep talking about this. We always, I love talking about relationships. I yeah. love when you guys hit the like button. Please give us a thumbs up. Appreciate you guys very much. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, my wife loves the Cardinals. And being a Cubs fan, she's dead to me and cheating on me. Very true. <laughs> very. I don't know how you does like she, the, Does the she Cardinals. like Headband Caruso too? I don't know. And Garcia says, let's settle this right now. Yeah, you know? There you go. All right. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.